You're listening to episode number 30 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about steps to starting a whole food ketogenic diet, the process of becoming pregnant on keto, the mental state that comes when your ketogenic diet needs to be adjusted while you're pregnant, lessons learned while on the ketogenic diet, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. If you're in need of keto recipe food prep inspiration, I've prepped a free seven-day keto meal plan exclusive for podcast listeners. The plan is complete with a shopping list and everything you need to chow down on keto for seven whole days. Download your free copy at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday, April 23rd. Oh my goodness, where does time go, right? I hope you're having a wonderful spring and you're up to something really awesome this Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E30. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. Having options is good, but when it comes to digestive enzymes and probiotics, it can get really, really confusing. CFU counts, strains, bromelain, plant-based, with gallbladder support, without... Seriously, how the heck are we supposed to know which product is best for our bodies? That's why I love the new probiotic and gut health product finder from now. I select my age category, my health goals, and it recommends the probiotics that are right for me. Their tool tells me that women's probiotic 20 billion, a probiotic specifically formulated using three clinically tested probiotic strains to support women's health through every stage of life and oral biotic lozenges, a powerful strain that when taken regularly colonizes the mouth and throat and helps to maintain the natural defense system of the main entry point of the body is best for me. Personalized and reliable. Head on over to nowfoods.com to use the finder. And if you locate something you want to try out, click on shopnow-2-u.com and use the coupon code KETO, that's all in caps, no spaces, for 25% off your order. This offer is valid from April 1st to the 30th of 2017 and valid for U.S. orders only. Again, that's nowfoods.com and click on the shop now u.com little button there and you can use the coupon code keto all in caps no spaces for 25% off your order if you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above the review which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review you can reach me at info at keto so we have three announcements really quick before we get started with today's episode the first is if you got a copy of my book the keto diet you can use the hashtag 
the number sign is the hashtag number sign keto diet book, all one word. When you make recipes from the book, take pictures of yourself with the book, and you can be entered to win a jar of Epic Provisions cooking oils or Cassandrino's extra virgin olive oil. So all you got to do is use that hashtag when you're making the recipes, use it on social media, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you have social media, use that hashtag and you'll be instantly entered to win one of the two prizes. And we're going to be selecting two random winners every week from April 11th to June 20th. So you have 20 chances to win. All you have to do is use the hashtag keto diet book on any social media and you'll be entered to win instantly. So giveaway is open to us and Canadian residents and you can visit healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto diet book giveaway for more details. The second is if you haven't already done so, please, please, please go to ketodietbook.com forward slash Amazon or ketodietbook.com forward slash BN to leave your honest review for the book. Those two URLs will take you directly to the Amazon page, the Barnes and Noble page, and you can just leave a couple of words about what you thought of my paperback. It's super important that we get lots of reviews in these first couple of weeks of the book launching. That way we can try to hit some bestseller lists and get rocking and and share the keto message with more people that maybe don't even know that it exists yet, but could totally benefit for the message I have in the book. So if you've already got the book with you, definitely take a moment to go to ketodietbook.com forward slash Amazon and ketodietbook.com forward slash BN. It'll direct you to those pages where you can leave a review. And if you haven't picked up a copy yet, feel free to do so at your favorite bookstore. Bookstore sales now are really important to getting on those bestseller lists. And I'm really hoping that we can get on a couple. That's my hope anyways, just so we can help more people. And that's really why I wrote this book is to connect to people that I couldn't online. The third and final thing is that I will be at Paleo FX this year in Austin. So if you're going, I'd love to meet you on the floor. And if you didn't get a chance to meet with me on the book tour, perhaps you don't live in Austin or you couldn't make it work, bring your book along with you and I will sign it. So that is the Memorial Day long weekend. I'll be at Paleo FX. It's at the Palmer Convention Center. You can definitely Google Paleo FX 2017 to see. I'll be on the floor guaranteed on Saturday. That's kind of what we're shooting for. But yeah, it would be really great to see you either again or for the first time. So today's guest, her name is Dina. She's a 34-year-old graphic designer from Philadelphia working from home as a production manager for a magazine. She and her husband also own a wedding photo booth and invitation business called Lovebirds Philly. After roller coaster of restrictive eating and binging since she was a young teen, taxing her adrenals, training for half marathons while simultaneously killing herself in hit workouts, and all the while starving her body of the fuel it so desperately needed, she's finally found balance through my fat-fueled way of living. She's been keto since April 2016 and fat-fueled since June 2016 and is currently pregnant with what will be their first child, navigating her way through pregnancy with a fat-fueled mentality. You guys, if you're part of our Facebook group for all of my different digital programs, then you know Dina. She is one of our admins. She is such a great supporter of our community. I mean, we wouldn't be able to have our Facebook group without people like Dina just making it happen and crushing life and and really helping out the community and Dina's such a great voice for listening to your body and being kind um, within the ketogenic space. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you. So let's cut over to it. 
Hey, Dina, how's it going? Hey, Leanne, I am so excited to be talking to you today. It's going pretty well. How about you? I'm doing really well. I feel like right before we started recording, I was like, I feel like I know this girl already because you've been I know. such an active <laughs> person in our community forever. Oh my gosh, I love the, like it's seriously. My husband's always like what, talking to your keto people like all the time because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Like that's just my I guess like his like downtime is like reading or like he's playing like some kind of NFL game and like my downtime is like chatting with keto peeps. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah, I, I love it. I really do. Like it's just so fun to learn from everyone. And like once I get into something like that, I'm like totally in it. So. Yeah, I love the group. They're awesome. Yeah, they're so great. And you make it even better just by supporting so many people. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that and keeping everything so positive and uplifting. Why don't we start at the very beginning by kind of chatting about how you found keto? Okay, well, I guess it depends on how far you want me to go back. But I guess uh, so like my whole life I've been dieting. It's just like, like, I feel like I've been fighting my body ever since I was probably like nine years old. I remember my doctor telling my mom that I was overweight because, you know, BMI charts. So (laughs) super accurate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm like five, nine and like, I'm German. I have like big bones and I've always been like muscular, like not like muscular, but you know, I've just always been a bigger person and, and my whole life, everyone's been kind of telling me you're overweight, you're overweight, you're overweight. And when I look back at pictures, I really, like, I really wasn't overweight. Like, I look back when I, like, thought I was so huge in high school, and I'm like, God, I looked awesome. Why couldn't I just appreciate it? So I guess just with that, you know, in mind, I've just been looking for things, I guess you could say, my entire life, just trying to figure out, I guess, where, you know, food fit in with, like, a comfortable lifestyle without constantly, you know, feeling as though I was, you know, having to concentrate on that, I guess you could say. So I guess... Uh, college, I went away and just ate whatever I wanted because I was coming from a, like a lifestyle at home where it was like, okay, you're overweight. You need to like watch what you're eating. So, you know, I, eventually I had gotten up to being pretty overweight for my size. I think I was about 235 pounds. And then, you know, fast forward into like my thirties and I was, you know, complete opposite where I was like running and training for half marathons and doing Orange Theory Fitness two to three times a week and kickboxing and, of course, low-calorie diet throughout all of that. And then it took me tearing my rotator cuff, which I don't even know how I did it. That's, like, I guess how hard I was pushing myself in workouts. Like, I don't even remember tearing my rotator cuff. And when I was having that pain, I went to a chiropractor first to get adjusted and actually like worked awesomely. Um, and that chiropractor was just getting into keto OS. This was like last March. So of course he got me like so super excited about keto OS and like thinking it was like this magical drink that I could just drink and go into like fat burning mode. And, uh, and it like, it worked for a little while for me, but it wasn't for me, but that's how I got introduced into ketogenic eating. I was following the lifestyle, you know, like that they kind of give you, which is still focused on low calorie and, you know, like still kind of restrictive. So, but that's how I found regular keto. It wasn't until a few months later that I found Leanne version of keto, which I feel is just like kind of uh, brought everything together for me, I guess you could say. Oh, that's cool. And what was, so you started off with keto OS What was your experience with that? I always like asking people what their thoughts are on it. (laughs) 
I, okay. So my chiropractor is like, oh my gosh, he's like insane about the keto. He loves it. And I, and like, that's great. Like if he loves it and it works for him, that's awesome. For me, I bought two, like two canisters, two separate times. And each time I ended up returning it because like one had caffeine, the other, like, and I couldn't have too much of it at once. Or the other one just tasted really terrible. And I was never getting that, that mental clarity that everyone kept talking about with it. And like, I I wasn't, I didn't lose any weight because at the same time that I was doing that, I was restricting my calories because I was told, you know, you have to restrict your calories in order for your body, like to force your body into ketosis. And so really it was just more like I wanted it to work and it just didn't for me. I know that it works for some people, but for me personally, it wasn't something that I needed. Mm. Once I got into the, like eating the way I should be eating you know, I feel like the whole foods approach is just so much better. And when you started with that whole foods approach, what was kind of your experience with, did you find like you had to readapt or just pick up where you left off? Or what was that like? Well, I had like, I I guess I kind of had like a roller coaster um, in the beginning. And I think a lot of people go through that when they're discovering keto, because there's so much information out there. And, you know, like, I guess I I was having trouble because of I guess of the restriction. I would be binging on the weekends and not really allowing my body to to get to where it needed to be. And I can't say binging, but you know, I was having things that quote unquote weren't on the diet. So all of that kind of coupled together once I found fat fueled and started doing like I I consider fat fueled different from keto because like for me it just feels so much different. It's not it's not restrictive and it's not like, you know, an all or nothing thing. It's, it's awesome. So once I started that, I didn't, I didn't really feel as though I had to start over. I did make it a point at the time to, to follow kind of the idea to get fat adapted again and to kind of reset a little bit because I felt like I was on a little bit of a roller coaster from before. And I was also having some major issues with like my hair falling out and adrenal fatigue because at the same time I went keto, I also went off birth birth control. And a couple months in, I figured out that my asthma was under control and I stopped taking my corticosteroid inhalers. So all of that coupled together, I guess my HPA axis was kind of like shot. And I was like, I don't know, I felt like I was falling apart. It was like a mess. <laughs> so yeah, I guess once you can say once I actually started feeding my body properly, it did take me a little while just to get used to that as like a non-restrictive type healing mentality instead of a weight loss mentality, which I had been on for so long. More on my interview with Dina Fike after this message from one of our podcast partners. Instant Pot, my personal favorite pressure cooker, is a partner of the podcast. With Instant Pot, you can make meals in minutes. Truly, I was someone who was intimidated by pressure cookers, but I'm so happy I gave Instant Pot a try. It makes rich bone broths, hearty stews, and epic dishes just like your slow cooker does, but a lot quicker. I have the Instant Pot IP Duo 60, which pressure cooks, slow cooks, cooks rice, sautés, makes yogurt, steam and warms up food all in one. As an exclusive for Keto Diet Podcast listeners only, Instant Pot is offering everyone $50 off any Instant Pot of their choice. Simply go to instantpot.com, find the unit that best suits you, and use the coupon code KETO, that's all in caps, no spaces, for your $50 discount. And to go from like HPA access, like craziness... To now mm-hmm. being in your third trimester, 
how <laughs> how has that been for you? Like, what was the process of trying to get pregnant? Was it pretty easy? Were you eating keto? Tell me the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess once like once I discovered fat fueled and started really focusing on healing my body, it didn't really take me too long for the hair loss to subside. I'd say it was about two months, but it was only really bad for a couple weeks. And then, you know, it started to ease up. I started doing my coconut oil trick where I was just like feeding myself coconut oil, like at least five times a day, just trying to get as many calories and just like really put all the good stuff that I could possibly put into my body. So it probably was around that same time that we started trying to get pregnant. It only took me two months. I'm very lucky in that. I guess I, you know, I didn't have any type of you know, like fertility issues. So yeah, it was like two months after finding fat fueled that I ended up pregnant. And then for, you know, the first trimester, <laughs> I really, for, at first I was like, this is awesome. I can totally do this. I'm, I'm going to be keto forever. And, and that was for maybe like a week. <laughs> and then <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like the, the nausea and the food aversions hit. And it was like, it just, I mean, it, it put me on my butt. I couldn't believe how crappy I felt. I mean, I, it's really, I mean, it's <laughs> like, if I could go back and you could be like, well, do you want to be pregnant again? I'd be like, well, let me just like, like just sit back and like maybe enjoy not being sick for a little bit because <laughs> it was just it like, um, I wasn't expecting it to be as controlling of my life, I guess you could say as it was because I, I actually didn't have morning sickness. I had pretty much all day sickness and then sometimes in the morning I had a good spurt of feeling okay for like an hour or two. So I always took advantage of that first hour or two and tried to eat keto as much as I could and, you know, got the stuff done around the house because I knew that by like 11 or 12 o'clock I was going to be sick and craving carbohydrates and just like not being able to, you know, really focus on myself as much. So yeah. So the first trimester was a little bit on the rough side. I did um, listen to several podcasts with Lily Nichols recently. Yeah. And she's good. She's so awesome. And it made me feel so much better about, you know, kind of like just following my body at that point, because I was like, I couldn't, I could not eat anything that was like meat or fat or vegetable. It was just, my body was just telling me it needed carbs. And I felt so guilty at the time, but Lily, like on several of her podcasts has said that, you know, if your body's craving carbs, like maybe that's what it needed at that time for that stage in development. You know, she thinks that sometimes in the first trimester, that's why women crave carbohydrates is because that might be what it needs at the time. So that made me feel a little bit better about not necessarily being able to eat fat fueled during my first trimester. And what was that process like for you? Like coming from more disordered eating or restrictive eating to then, you know, find this eating style that's so perfect. I'm going to eat it for the rest of my life. And then wah, wah, a week <laughs> later, like, nah, how did you uh, deal with that mentally? Oh my gosh. I was miserable. Mm. I like, I can't even candy coat it. I was so miserable because I like, I feel like after so many years of the restrictive and the cal like calorie counting or, you know, like portion counting and all of that stuff, you know, like to be able to finally just like breathe and not have to worry about it. And then all of a sudden, like we're back to, I can't control what I'm putting in my mouth. And I'm like, I just hated that feeling of not having that control. And also when you're eating that stuff, you feel so crappy when, you know, when you can't get the food that your body like needs, like you, you just feel like you're just, I don't know. It's just like how anyone feels when they eat too much of a bad thing, but I was feeling awful anyway. So <laughs> it was kind of like, Oh, well, 
you know, I feel like crap and I really want a bagel, but I'm going to feel like crap if I eat it, but I feel like crap anyway. <laughs> so that was the kind of thing that like went through your mind. But, but at the time it was, yeah, it was hard, but I did what I could to get through it. And, you know, I really focused on what the times that I was feeling good and the times that I was feeling good, I wanted to make the most out of it. So that's what I did. And like by week 12, I was like seeing kind of like, a you know, a little bit of a let up in the nausea and the aversion. So I really just took advantage of every chance I had to eat wholesome foods. And I would tell myself, you know, like you're eating eggs and bacon this morning and an RFL. And if an hour later you want a bowl of cereal, fine. But for right now you're eating keto and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So by week 14, I think I was completely back to eating, you know, like my like high fat, low carb, all the veggies, like all the meats, except for chicken. For some reason, chicken was not like a a big thing for me for like a couple months. But so yeah, it was just mainly like I was miserable, but I tried to focus on those, like those moments that I had to really feed my body. And I think that really helped me get back into it overall, because the more you eat better, the more you feel better. And it just gradually over those two weeks, I guess, like really helped me out in getting back to fat fueled. Amazing. And there are two things that you mentioned. The first is I'll include a link in the show notes with the interview that I did with Lily Nichols on this podcast. And then you also said RFL. So for people that don't know what an RFL is, it's a rocket fuel latte. I'll also include a link in the show notes for that. If you're like, I like rockets and I like being fueled. (laughs) How do you deal or have you had to deal with judgment from people that are like, you shouldn't fat on pregnancy fat? I I don't think that's a good idea. Thoughts? Well, (laughs) luckily I haven't run into too much of it because I've, I think I've learned when I, like when I first discovered keto, I told everyone I knew, like, you guys have to, like, you have to try this. It's amazing. Like there's so much science behind it that I love so much. And I did so much research and then everyone thought I was crazy. So especially my in-laws, oh my God, they like, oh my gosh. So I kind of keep it to myself as much as possible. Like I have like, of course, my close friends and family who, who I talk to about it and they, I think that they've known, you know, I guess the process that I've been through. So they're kind of used to it by now and they're used to me like yapping about nutrition and stuff. So (laughs) they haven't given me much like any negative feedback about it and working from home. I don't really like, you know, I don't go into an office and have people like seeing what I'm eating all the time, but most of the time how I've dealt with it is, and this is what a lot of girls in like, I'm in a couple um, keto pregnancy groups on Facebook. We just tell our doctor or whoever that we eat a lot of vegetables and healthy fats and proteins. And we try to limit our our sugar intake and we don't eat grains or dairy. So when you put it like that, it sounds a lot better than, Oh, I eat ketogenically. I try to be, I try to have ketones in my blood. Cause it's the second a doctor hears that they're going to freak out if they're not very, you know, informed about it. And when I did actually bring it up at the time I had an OB, I switched to a midwife. I did bring it up to an OB and I said it in that way. And they were like, great. So at that time, like, I guess that one was fine, but there are some people I've seen in other groups who have had a lot of issues with people telling them that they're going to hurt their baby. And that's just awful to me because if they, if they 
did their research and, you know, actually were a little more informed about it, they would know that these women are not hurting their babies. They're not going to kill them or like, you know, it's just kind of crazy the type of things that people will say to people. Yeah, that's really scary. I know I've had doctors say that to me as well, but I think it's different when you're like carrying another human life. Oh my <laughs> gosh, yeah. So they're much like, more am I gonna... Yeah, it's oh my gosh, these poor women and they're like, am I really going to hurt my baby? What do I do? I don't want to I don't want to be like, you know, they're like I feel amazing, but you know, and then they want me to add like 100 carbs a day to my diet like on top of my already like carb intake. But it's to me it's like if you feel amazing, your baby's probably doing awesome. Like your body would tell you if you were doing something that wasn't good for your child. Like it would definitely backfire. Like when I eat gluten or dairy, I get cramping and spotting. Mm. And when I don't eat that stuff, I feel amazing. So to me, it's like your body's going to tell you if you're doing something wrong. And if you feel that great when you're pregnant, there's a reason for it. Mm, Yeah. And what other things have you, like, have you learned stuff about your body since you got pregnant? Because I know like keto has helped me learn a ton about my body and I'm sure with you too. (laughs) Coupled with pregnancy, what does that look like now? More than ever, I've realized how sensitive I am to things, to, to different changes. Even before pregnancy, I had trouble getting my electrolytes under control. My body is so sensitive to my electrolyte balance. And to this day, I have trouble controlling my electrolytes. I, at around, um, I guess you could say maybe around like 26 weeks. I, or actually, no, it's probably been longer than that. But halfway through my second trimester, so I had to increase my carb intake because I was finding that when I was eating my normal keto foods, like I, I don't count macros. So, you know, I was just eating my greens and my protein and my eggs and my bacon, but I wasn't, I actually wasn't eating enough carbs and I didn't even realize it. And at that time we were having a lot of discussions on the the Facebook feed about needing more carbs sometimes on keto and being super low carb all the time isn't always necessarily great for you. So it wasn't until I increased my carbs to like 50 or 80 a day, like I counted for a couple of days just to kind of get a feel for it. It wasn't until then that I finally kind of figured out the electrolyte thing, because if your electrolytes get low when you're pregnant, you can go into labor. So I was getting cramping and all kinds of stuff from having low potassium. I was waking up in the middle of the night from from low potassium or low sodium. Like it was just a mess. So adding those extra carbs in to try to like to kind of keep those carb stores in was really essential for me. And before I was pregnant, I had I don't think I knew to the extent at how how sensitive my body is to changes like that. I guess you could also say like other things that I learned were after I had gone back to being low carb, because I, I like that counted the one day and I was maybe like 15 carbs. And that's just not for me, that doesn't work for my body. But I was just on autopilot at that point, And I was feeling really good. I wasn't gaining any any weight anymore. And, you know, so I was just going with it. But it wasn't until the electrolyte thing. And I wasn't I stopped sleeping. I was like, I was waking up every three hours. I also put on about six pounds in two weeks. And even though I was sticking to my low carb thing, and I was like, well, that's not right. I also was having like crazy mood swings and low energy. So that's when I made the decision to up the carbs and like it solved all of those problems for me. Like I sleep so much better now and the weight gain slowed back down and my mood, like my craziness kind of went away a little bit. Like you can only be like so not crazy when you're pregnant, but like I was even more crazy and then I was less crazy. (laughs) So my husband, my husband definitely appreciated that. So yeah, I guess those are some of the things that I've learned along the way with, with my body. Even um, actually yesterday, I learned more things. It's like every day. I was at a wedding on Sunday and 
I decided I wanted to dance and I'd been walking around in heels all day. And like, you're like almost seven and a half months pregnant. Like maybe that's probably not the best idea, but I felt good. So I decided to go do some dancing and stuff. And then yesterday I was having Braxton Hicks contractions all day. Like it was constant. And I was getting worried because I was trying to put in the electrolytes. I was trying to like lay down. So I learned that all of that activity really aggravates I guess my body still. And so now like I have to, I guess, limit my activity because they just wouldn't stop. Like it was like all day long. It was so annoying. Wow. That's crazy. It's crazy. So interesting. (laughs) Today better. Awesome. It's so weird. My body, but like you're probably interviewing the one person in the world who has like the most weird issues that they could possibly ever have. Like when they're pregnant, like other girls who I've talked to who are keto and pregnant, they're, they're like, Oh, 25 carbs the whole time. I was awesome. No problems. <laughs> <laughs> like No problems whatsoever with me. It's like every day there's like something that I'm learning that I need to adjust. So maybe yeah. by the time I'm like nine months, I'll have figured it out. <laughs> 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 Here's hoping, right? Yeah, really. Now you mentioned a couple of times like up the carbs. What? Do, how do you do that? What's your strategy? Are you eating carbs all day? Are you eating them at night? Are you doing carb ups? What's your deal? Well, when I decided that I needed to add them, I did like I didn't want to count. I really like you know I love the fact that I can follow this lifestyle lifestyle and not have to worry about numbers. So the first thing I started doing, and it was funny because like I don't have any cravings. And I really do attribute that to being fat fueled. I, for some reason, I just really wanted bananas. Like out of, like out of all the things I could crave, I was craving bananas, which was fine because like, you know, I guess it could be worse. So I just get, let myself have a banana a day. And that's what like, 40, I think they're like 45 total carbs or something. So that in combined with like my vegetables and like my blueberries or whatever I might have in my, like I have keto smoothies in the morning now. And so that combination allowed me to up my carbs to between 50 and 80 a day randomly, like it wasn't, you know, I didn't count it. It's just like having that banana usually put me in that zone, which was awesome. So now I've branched out a little bit from bananas and have gone to like, of like some plantains or sweet potatoes or beets or something. So most of the time I stick with the whole kind of daily fat burner slash carb up style where I focus mainly on having them in the evening. So like if I have my banana, it's going to be after dinner as like a part of like some sort of dessert type thing. I'll have like smaller carby type things throughout the day if I like like the blueberries or maybe some like extra tomatoes or something on my salad or I don't know. But um, most of the time it's like I concentrate on getting my carbs in at night to limit any blood sugar roller coasters that I may get. Yeah. And what about like we chatted a little bit about energy and different pieces. Can we just go over kind of what your energy has been like from before you were keto to kind of now and the different phases in your pregnancy of your energy levels so people can kind of map that out in their own yeah. minds? Yeah. The first trimester, of course, was like, I, I think my fatigue was the worst then. And I think that that had a lot to do with what I was eating. And also when you're first pregnant, you're exhausted. And I think that that's pretty much, you know, for everyone. Once I was able to get back to eating fat fueled, I felt so much better. I had amazing energy. I was still, I was still, um, like I still do kickboxing once a week, but like, you know, modified for a prego body type kickboxing. So I had more energy for that. I was like walking more and I felt really good. And then I guess right around the time that I had discovered that I needed to include more carbs was about the time that I saw a dip in my energy. And that was, I guess, I think I had, I think it was probably around 22 to 24 weeks. 
and then the energy, like it came back, but not like as fully as it was in the beginning of the second trimester. But typically they say that the, the second trimester is when you feel more like yourself again. And that's totally, totally true for me, especially because I was able to eat how I wanted to eat. Now that the third trimester hit, I've definitely noticed another dip <laughs> in the energy again. And I think it's just because, you know, you like you're carrying around a lot of extra weight and um, your blood volume increases by like 40 to 60% or something like that. So even just that alone, plus like the belly and, you know, like your chest might get bigger and stuff like you're just like carrying around a lot more and using a lot more energy just to exist. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've definitely felt like a big dip in my energy there. So I'm, I'm in bed a lot or like, you know, just sitting a lot, but I miss being able to move around, but I make sure that I make it a point to to do some things, but yeah, energy definitely like it goes low, then high and then low again. <laughs> oh, frustrating, but also cool that you're so in touch with your body. Like, I feel like if I were to be pregnant, my experience would be like yours, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. like always seeking for something else and your body's surprising you at every turn and just, you know, rolling with the punches and just kind of seeing where it takes you. Now we've chatted a lot about pregnancy. I want to rewind just a little bit for people that are maybe interested in becoming pregnant on keto and you know they're eating keto and wanting to become pregnant you mentioned that it was a pretty effortless process for you which mm -hmm. is amazing like it just <laughs> blows my mind that's so cool I mean it doesn't blow my mind because I'm so fertile if I look at my husband the right way I'm sure I would become pregnant so <laughs> gotta be watching that more on my interview with Dina Fike after this message from one of our podcast partners This show is sponsored by Paleo Valley. You guys know how much I love supplements. This time last year, I was taking over 50 supplements a day and it was excessive. The first step to overcoming a problem is knowing you have one in the first place, I will admit. Over the last year, I've toned down on my supplement intake substantially. I'm down to below 20 a day and I'm super proud of it. One of the reasons I was comfortable letting certain supplements go is by taking a whole food base ultra primal super nourishing organ complex from paleo valley now these guys just went out with this i've actually been taking it for quite some time but couldn't share it with you until it was live to the public so this organ complex from paleo valley is a mega nutrient dense super supplement the nutrients in just one daily dose read like the best multiple vitamin out there and it's a whole food there's vitamins a b12 b6 b5 b2 and 3 coq10 folic acid, iron, selenium, phosphorus, and zinc, copper, omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, and DHA, phosphorus, and the list goes on. The organ complex is a combination of beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney, all sourced from 100% grass-fed and finished beef organs, which are non-GMO and never given antibiotics, steroids, hormones, or grains. The capsules are 100% pure with no fillers or flow agents, gluten, grain, soy, or dairy. You can go to paleovalley.com forward slash HP to receive an instant 20% off your order of the new Paleo Valley Organ Complex. Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash HP to receive your instant 20% off. What was really like, I'm sure when you first started, and I know you see in our Facebook group, like concerns with cholesterol and a lot of doctors say, you know, you need to have your cholesterol balanced out before you get pregnant. And how did you navigate, you know, 
preparing for pregnancy on a ketogenic diet? Okay. Well, I've never had, I, I haven't had my cholesterol tested at least to the point where I was made aware that there was anything wrong or anything like that. I, I had my cholesterol tested before keto and it was fine. And then I think they may test it when you first go in. They do all kind. I mean, they take like, I think they took seven vials of blood, the one blood work I went into like testing. So I'm sure that they had tested for cholesterol then. I'm sorry that I don't have those numbers, but um, yeah, but like to the best of my knowledge, there was nothing wrong because they, I feel like they would have told me. But as far as preparing, I really just, I really focused on getting as much variety of food that I could in really focused on folate. I bought, I have a uh, prenatal vitamin that has methylated folate in it and is all from natural whole foods instead of like synthetic vitamins. Cause I do not react well to synthetic vitamins at all. So, so I was taking them for a good long time, but I guess as far as like just preparing on keto, you know, like I already felt like I was really fueling and feeding my body to the best way that I could. So I think the only thing I really changed was my periods had gotten to like a little bit off. And I think it was left over from that whole HPA axis deal with, you know, like the hair loss going on and like having gone off birth control was I started, I found I was spotting a couple of days before my period started. So I wanted to lengthen my luteal phase a little bit. So I started just doing like very low dose progesterone cream, like natural progesterone, just to get through those like couple days of my body kind of like wondering if it should get its period or not because I was worried that I wouldn't be able to, you know, I wouldn't be able to like hold on to the pregnancy. And that that fear came from I, I had a miscarriage last year when I was not keto and it wasn't anything like it was just like a, you know, one of those things that happens. And like I was so paranoid, I guess, from that, that I was willing to do anything I could to like make sure that he was staying in there. <laughs> so that was like the one thing that I changed right before we decided to try was I wanted to make sure that my period was as regulated as possible just to make sure that, you know, like it hung on to the pregnancy if we got it right. <laughs> and Hey, you got it right. And things are going really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. That's oh my awesome. gosh. But this like anxiety from that, like I'm I know sure. a lot of girls who have, you know, who've, who've lost pregnancies and then gone on and had successful pregnancies. And most women do go on to have successful pregnancies afterwards, but, um, it's always in the back of your mind and it, it can be very stressful. It wasn't until I think I started feeling him move around all the time that I like, I finally was able to be like, okay, like we're good. <laughs> but, um, it, before that it was always like, am I going to hear a heartbeat this time? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I had so much anxiety surrounding those, those like appointments. But thankfully my husband always went with me and cause I told him he was not allowed to not go with me <laughs> yeah. I needed to hold his hand while they were looking for that heartbeat. <laughs> totally. I can imagine that being such a traumatic experience and then reliving that every time until a certain period. Yeah. And it's- oh my gosh. I I feel as though I take things in stride. It wasn't something that, you know, like it was very hard at the time, but it wasn't something that I feel as though, you know, ruined my life or anything like that. But I I know that there's some people who just are so traumatized by that. And just having that, like that, just that little bit of worry every time can be a little bit stressful. But I really do think that the measures I've taken as far as my nutrition have really helped my body in general, just like, you know, just be a really good I guess host <laughs> for for my kid. <laughs> I like that. Like parasite or anything, but <laughs> a nice comfy home. That's you yeah. Know. He's got he's got he's he's pretty comfy in there. So. <laughs> and do you have any plans for you know once you have him, kind of 
have you chatted with your husband about how you'll raise him with nutrition and food? And has that come up? Absolutely. Yeah. And my husband's great. Like he, he knows how much I look into things. And he said, if you like, if you think that that's the best thing, then that's what we're going to do. Like he's, he just knows that how much I look into things before I do them and how much research I do. So it's kind of like a balancing act because you don't want to, you don't want to give him things that you know are just awful. Like, I just think that like, there's just certain foods that people like humans should not be eating. And I don't want to give them to my kid. But then I know eventually he's going to be in school and they're going to be like, well, why don't you eat bread or like, you know, so I feel like it's going to be a lot of kind of like a balancing act to allow him to, to fit in normally. Like I don't want to sit like him to go to a birthday party and not be able to eat the cake or not be able to eat the ice cream and things like that, or at least give him the option. Like, okay. You know, like when he's old enough, like if you want to eat this, that's fine, but you might get a stomach ache or something like that. So most of the time in my house, we're going to be eating fat fueled and we do all the time. Now my husband is 100% on board with it. He actually started eating meat again because of keto, because he was a he was a pescatarian before and his hair was falling out. And I was like, uh, you need fat and protein. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm, I fully plan on following that in the household and just trying to instill as many possible good habits into him as possible before he's, you know, at school and has the option of buying things from a vending machine or, you know, like something like that. You know, so hopefully by the time he gets to that point, he'll just be making good decisions naturally for himself. But as far as what I'll be feeding him, I know I'm going to be like cooking a lot of maybe like sad diet imitation. Like I probably do a lot of flax focaccia so that he has some bread, you know, just kind of getting creative, I think, with my meals just so that he like I still feel as though he's like fulfilled as far as, you know, normality goes when he goes off into like school or something and I can just pack him something on bread and nobody's going to think he's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I don't know why I like worry about that. I shouldn't, but you know, I don't want him to feel like he's an outcast because he eats differently from normal people either. Yeah. I remember being that outcast. My mom made like green shakes and (laughs) like, yeah, I did not fit in, but you know, looking back, it was really nice to have a parent that cared about that while it was you know informed with like 1990s type of nutrition standards so there was like a lot of margarine and stuff but like she was Mm -hmm. trying and that was cool you mentioned two things i'll also include the link in the show notes daily fat burner it's one of the fat field profiles in my program fat fueled and then the flax focaccia recipe i'll also include that in the show notes it's my go-to my sister makes that recipe like twice a week she can't live without it we can't it's It's so awesome. awesome Yeah, I'm a big fan. (laughs) And it's easy too. That's what I love about it. It's so easy. You just freeze it and then like have it for when you need it. And my husband will even go into my bag of flax vacation and be like, I'm having some of your bread. And I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) So um, yeah, it definitely works well for our family. And I think it'll work really great when I have a kid like who's school age and just to have something that, you know, something that's like not just vegetables and meat. Like I eat I'm pretty boring with my meals because I get pretty lazy. So I'm just like, I'll like cook up a bunch of meatballs for the week. And that's what I'm eating that and like a big salad. But like, I feel like for my kid, I need recipes exactly like that so that I have something like different to give him and, you know, to like give him variety and make it interesting kind of thing. So I love, I love that kind of stuff. Mm. Have you ever tried to make French toast with it? 
No, I haven't. That's one of the things I remember people mentioning that. I really should. That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) I have some in my freezer right now, so I could totally pull it out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's the best. Um, Okay, so we've chatted a bunch about how, you know, just being keto has helped with your pregnancy. Just overall, how would you say that being fat-fueled, because we chatted a little bit about the shift between, you know, the standard ketogenic practice that you were doing before and then switching over to fat-fueled, what was that, or what has that provided you outside of pregnancy and fertility, which are awesome things, but has there been anything else that's just been totally lit up with this experience? I think that the biggest change was I finally found something that allowed me to live my life and not focus on food and restriction all the time. I mean, I've been restricting probably since I was nine or 10 years old, either that or binge drinking in college. Like there was no, there was never a happy medium. And I always thought that that was that was just the way it was going to be. And even when I found, you know, like the traditional, like sub 20 carb ketogenic, like low calorie ketogenic diet, I still felt like I was so restricted and I was like, I couldn't just live my life and be normal and, and not have a weight problem. And finally with fat fuel, that's like, that's when it finally like all clicked into place was like, I can relax now. I don't have to worry about my weight all the time. And that's the biggest thing in my life because that was always, my number one concern was my weight. Like even in my family, it was always like, you know, like, well, how much are you eating? Or, you know, like, have you gained any weight while since you've been away? Or, you know, like that kind of stuff, it's just always been a focus because doctors have always said I was overweight. So like just having that, the ease of not having to worry about that anymore. It's like something I have haven't experienced since I was a kid. (laughs) So that's just amazing to me. Like I could not put any like price on having that type of freedom in my life as far as just not having the anxiety over it anymore. It's amazing. Mm, yeah. Same. <laughs> Said like a champ. <laughs> totally. And I guess my last question for you really is like, what's, what's your favorite keto thing right now that you're enjoying? Oh my gosh, my keto smoothies in the morning. So I went away, we went away on a quote unquote baby moon. I just pretty much was calling it like my last vacation without kids. <laughs> so we went, <laughs> we drove and we like, uh, like my husband wasn't comfortable with us like flying cause he knows how like weird my body is. And like, so we drove down to South Carolina we went to Hilton head and there was this smoothie place and they made a smoothie that I consider a keto smoothie. It was like avocado soaked cashews. It had matcha in it blueberries and kale and lemon, I think was the, like the combination. And I, and she's like, well, it's not very sweet. So some people like to add protein powder. I'm like, no, that's perfect. (laughs) Like all the fat and none of the sweet. That's awesome. So, um, I like fell in love with that smoothie and the thing that the place was like 20 minutes from where we were staying, but I was like, no, I need the smoothie like all the time. So what the second I came home, that's what I've been making every morning only like just some, you know, like tweaks because I don't have soaked cashews around or I don't put matcha in mine, but that's like my favorite thing to have in the morning. And it's like, it's been great for like keeping me regular, I guess you could say, because that's another problem that a lot of pregnant women have is, you know, like the constipation issue. Just having that in the morning with all that fiber is just like spectacular. And like, it tastes so good and it's so refreshing. And now that it's getting warmer out, it's just like really nice to have in the morning. So that's definitely my favorite go-to right now. 
That sounds delicious. It is. It's really good. And you can like switch up different ingredients and it still tastes good. And I even put in this, like, I found this like beet, like it's called farmhouse culture, like probiotic <gasps> or something. Oh, I drink. Love them. <laughs> Have you been there? Oh my gosh. I love it. And it makes it like bright purple, which is so cool. <laughs> so I add the, like just a little bit of that, like probiotic into it just to like have that in there as well. So like you can mix it up a little bit, but like the core of it is like the kale with the avocado and blueberries. It's so good. And the lemon is key. Is it their probiotic, like fizzy drink sort of thing? It's like a tonic almost. This one's like it. It it's called like shots. It gets a probiotic. Oh shot. yeah, a gut shot. Yeah, gut shot. Yeah. Yeah, I so, have the beet one. I'm gonna take one right after this. Yeah, that's the one I have. So I like I'll add that into my smoothie in the morning, and then like I'll do I do a lot of coconut water mixed drinks just to get some extra potassium in, but not too much sugar at one time. So like I'll do coconut water, lemon water, and then I'll add that gut shot of the beet um stuff to it and it makes it like this bright purple like fun so it makes me feel like I'm having like a cocktail even though I'm not <laughs> that's really so, but smart that's, like, I've, super fun I've never thought of adding it to anything I just like feel uh, I can drink one of those a day so I <laughs> it's really bad yeah. um <laughs> but I just fill a mug up with it <laughs> and I just oh, drink yeah. it so okay maybe I need to be a little bit more creative <laughs> yeah no it's fun in a drink because you can't really taste it that much like because beets aren't always like the best tasting thing but like it's fun like the color in it and like it makes you feel like you're getting some probiotics in which is cool so it works I even um put some kombucha like a little bit of kombucha in with it sometimes too Wow. Just to like add some fizz. I don't know. I, I, I really like, you know, I just miss having a little bit more, more variety in my drinks. So I just like start mixing random stuff together. <laughs> hey, it sounds like it's working for you. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, I could speak with you for another 4 billion hours and just laugh for the next little while. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. You shared so many great valuable tips for everyone and um, the show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash e30 and thanks again dina oh thank you so much for having me it was awesome yeah and good luck with your pregnancy and i can't wait to hear how things go for you it'll be great i'm sure you'll see it all on the facebook page (laughs) i'm sure we will awesome talk to you later And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.